Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Podcast. We have a fun episode for you in store here in just a little bit as we move away from uh, maybe the bourbon and whiskey that people are used to and even the hoppy side of things and talk a little tequila and maybe a little hockey as well. But before that, don't forget to follow us on our all of our social media pages. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Hop Spirits, all one word. Uh, so you can find us there. Uh, also, remember to check out our Give to Try highlights on the Drop Monday and our uh, cocktail quickies that shake things up on Friday. Uh, it's been a long day for me, but I'm excited. And we have Chris Chelios, co-founder of El Bandito Yankee Tequila and an NHL Hall of Famer. Chris, welcome in. Thank you, Jonathan. Now, now, Chris, um, I always like to start these things off with one tough question. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you, you got to play a, a bunch of different cities with, with, with your hockey career. Um, I'm guessing you're a sports guy in general. So if you could only root for professional teams from one city, what city would that be? Pretty simple. I grew up there, Chicago Blackhawks. So that's a, <laughs> I'm glad this is going to go great if you keep asking questions like that. <laughs> but yeah, got to be the Hawks. There you go. There you go. See, so yeah, I'm, well, I say I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. I technically was born in Pittsburgh. Uh, but raised just outside of Pittsburgh, and if I tell anyone where I'm from, they go, "That's not Pittsburgh." But that—that's those are the teams I root for. Even the Pirates in baseball that are absolutely horrible, most or at least most of my life. But I always enjoy the black and gold. Yeah, well, they had their moment. True, true. Now we're here to talk tequila. I, I, you're repping for those that are watching the episode, not listening. He's got the nice shirt on, talk that explains the brand a little bit. But how did you get into the tequila business? Um, you know, I know you're an entrepreneur, but how, how did you get involved with tequila? Well, like most kids, college kids, I should say, you get introduced in college and it wasn't very good tequila, that's for sure, you know, from what I remember. <laughs> but it was affordable. But, um, you know, just over the, the years, uh, I won't mention the brand, but a friend of mine started a company and watched him grow it. Um, and just became a, a big tequila fan and, you know, mostly Blancos, but then got into the Reposados and, you know, eventually Anejos. But I really do enjoy it. It's, you know, aside from a couple other liquors, meaning vodka, um, I'm not going to go out and say, you know, drinking alcohol is healthy for you. But, you know, it, it's, you know, for what we provide with our, our brand, you know, there's no additives. And to me, that's a, that, that makes a world of difference compared to other you know, companies. And then that's what our claim to fame hopefully will be. And, you know, we boast about it that there are absolutely no additives and it, and it tastes great and it's clean and smooth. But, uh, you know, back to the question, I've, I've always liked tequila and, uh, you know, drinking with some guys one night, we just decided, hey, why don't we do our own? And a year and a half later, you know, here we are. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I mean, that that's got to be fun to be able to do that. I mean, how how different though has this been going down this route than you know kind of doing the hospitality you know owning things on that side of the spectrum because um, I mean obviously you're there's some similarities but it's a little different because tequila for those that don't know have to be produced in Mexico in a certain region um, so it's a, I'm sure there's a few more hoops to to go through. Yeah, luckily we had a, a guy that's basically our consultant Jeff Ernst. He had to do all the legwork, meaning traveling to Mexico and. and and get the initial tastings and and then eventually you know because of COVID it kind of delayed everything obviously um, but once we got the product into the US and we we're able to start doing some tastings and get it to where we all agreed which was the best flavor 
Um, but he did do all the work, and, and slowly but surely, I learned a little bit more about tequila. And, you know, as far as the filtering and oxygenating it, and you know, and what gives it that taste, the barrels, and and so on. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I've been in the restaurant bar business, you know, since my parents, you know, opened them when I was a kid. And hopefully this is going to be a lot more fun and easier than running a restaurant. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's different. I had a great time, you know, having the bars and restaurants, being able to be with the fans and socialize with everybody and making myself approachable. And that was it's what made my restaurant successful. And, and now it's basically the same. We're traveling all over the U.S. and, you know, going to bar restaurant shows, visiting bars, doing some launches. And, and, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's, it's been a great, you know, great experience up to this, this point with the, the team of people we have. Well, and it, it just uh, officially launched and, and is a little more available now in, in some select places as it continues to roll out. How did you guys come up with the name um, El Bandito Yankee? And for those that are watching, you can kind of take a look at the bottle I'm holding up here. Yeah, well, that was uh, comes from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So I don't know if you remember the scene when the, uh, you know, Redford and uh, Paul Newman had just robbed uh, one of the town's banks and the, the, the federalities and Bolivian police come running into their to their sheriff or their boss or whatever you call it and said, yeah, El Bandito Yankees. And they're pointing at them riding away on horses. So I just thought it was kind of cool, El Bandito. And, uh, you know, the Yankee meaning American company, which, you know, we we, we take pride in that also. And and, and then, you know, obviously uh, my partner, Jim Bob Morris and, and He's a Native American and is giving back to, you know, not only the Mexican community, but other, you know, uh, you know, his the Indians in, in his part of the world where he he's from. So it's a you'll see there's more to it than just, you know, having fun and tequilas. We're giving back and that's important. You know, I've always done that throughout my career uh, doing charity works and raised a lot of money. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's going to be fun, a lot of fun. Well, and, and I love to hear that, and I, I think that's one thing that's so amazing about whether it's the craft beer, craft spirits, uh, the industries there, that just how much they're willing to give back and and uh, work with the community um, and help those that that might need a little little extra help. Um, it's it's amazing to see that. Now, you guys are, are working with someone really cool down in Mexico, uh, Karina Rojo, I believe is how you say her name, the master distiller. How did that come about? Was that uh, Jeffers that got to go down there and do the legwork, or, or was there a, a team effort in, in finding uh, the master distiller to make this all happen? That was all Jeff. Like I said, he's been in the tequila business, and, and, and he's been down in Mexico more than anybody, and he uh, he was the one that found her, and it, it, you know, obviously I, didn't, I had never heard of her until – you know, Jeff explained to us uh, her role and this, the, the significance she's going to have on our company, and um, and it's great. You know, I'm looking forward to meeting her. We're you know planning to do some trips down there to Jalisco in that region, and uh, you know, like I said it's a Jim Bob did. You know, he made a few trips there too. With Jim Bob Morris, he he played with the Packers, has a very successful packaging company, and uh, I'll say he's the brain of this outfit. Um, I'm going to be doing the work. I'm the bronze, so it should work with between the two of us, Jeff, and uh, and her. It's going to be it's going to be great. I, I like that team teamwork. Just just like on on the ice and and in every sport, a little, little teamwork goes a long way. Uh, you, you mentioned this earlier, talking about the tequila being all natural, additive free. Why why go that route? Because it sounds like that's something that you all, as you should be, are very proud of. Yeah, I mean, you can say you're 100 percent agave but you're legally you're allowed to put one percent of anything you want 
uh, in it, meaning glycerin, sugar, vanilla, anything to flavor it. And that's what, you know, a lot of tequilas brings that sweetness along with a hangover. So we're thinking that, uh, you know, without those additives, without, you know, the glycerin and, and those sweeteners that, you know, we're going to be clean and pure and the next day you're going to feel like you haven't drank. And, and you know, it, it is as far as, you know, liquors go, it, it's health as healthy as you can get. Well, and that, that's really cool to see. And, and uh, I, I think those that might enjoy a little too much will be happy to hear that. Uh, you know, I, I know I'm not always the happiest the, the, <laughs> the next day I did that last weekend, and I think I'm still regretting it uh, at this point. Um, now, w- the way you guys make your tequila, you kind of talked about this too, the oxygen, uh, you, you know, you oxygenate the, the tequila, um, and that's how it gets its signature finish. Uh, yeah. Was that just something that f- just brought out a ton of flavor? Why, why do that, and what exactly does that mean? Well, it's double filtered. Then the oxygenation process basically puts bubbles, uh, mineral in the in the tequila, and that's what gives it that cleaner, smoother taste. Uh, just to finish it, you know. So that's that's basically what it is: putting the, the, the bubbles and mineralizing that 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 the last part of the of the juices. And, and is that something that you guys added on as you were t- doing tastings, or was that kind of there from the start? Or I mean, how? How did all that go as you guys, you know, found found this flavoring? Well, we just didn't want to cut any corners. And obviously, every time you filter, it costs a little more. And, and, you know, we double filtered. You know, it's another price. And then we just figured oxygenating it, why not just finish it off and make it a clean, smooth product. And like I said, you, you'll taste it next to other tequilas. And it's like wine to, to each his own, your preference. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you taste ours, taste someone else's and go back to ours, you notice that the, you could feel the taste, that cleanliness of it. And mentally, again, too, you're, you're drinking something that's, you know, as healthy as you can get for, for alcohol. Well, and, and that, that's really cool to hear. Cause like I said, it's, it's also coming in at a good price point too, for, uh, for, for, you know, the amount of work that goes into it, I think $40 for the the Blanco, maybe 45 for the Reposado. Am I, am I correct on that? Does that sound about right? 34 for the Blanco and 44 for the Reposado, give or take okay. a couple of bucks either way, depending on how much you order or what state you're in. It's crazy, the laws, and, you know, there's no more undercutting. You, you have to stay on that same line of everybody else, so it keeps everybody in the game. Well, and like I said, those are two very approachable uh, price points uh, to come in for a little bit of uh, all-natural um, additive-free. Uh, like I said, that's a, a, a nice advantage that it's not overly hitting the wallet. Now, you guys have a, a line that's uh, called Live Bold, Share Generously. What does that mean? Well, Live Bold means good times on tequila and share generously, you know, like we talked about earlier, giving back, uh, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've done charity, you know, events and, and raised a lot of money over the past 27 years of my career and still have some few events that we, you know, that we can give back. But Jim Bob is, you know, he really believes in that. So um, he's a very generous person. Um, you know, whether it's his staff, uh, the, the Jalisco, it's amazing. He's supplying, you know, laptops and, and, and giving money to schools and to educate the children down there because, you know, all they know is, you know, picking or, you know, working on the agave fields. And, and you know, this gives them an opportunity to, to educate them. Well, and, and that's the other thing you talk about giving back. Um, that's something that is super important to to the company, to the, to the uh, El, El Bandido Yankee line is, uh, giving back to the region in Mexico, you know where this is produced, and you even mentioned going even further than that. Uh, why, why, why do that, and what all are you doing with that? 
Well, like I said, we're successful already. Um, and, and quite honestly, it, obviously you want to make money when you go into a business, but it's not really about making money. It's about having fun, you know, employing people, giving to people. Um, and like I said, I think we're going to enjoy this a lot. Um, just the people we're meeting. Uh, it's really cool to meet Sammy Hager and Rick Springfield at, you know, that trade show in <laughs> Vegas. I'd never met him and I, I loved everything about his music and his, you know, how he made that tequila and, and then now he's into a rum and it's, you meet a lot of interesting people and that, and that's a part of it too. And you see a lot of, of places, you know, next week we're going to Austin. So it, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this experience. Well, and, and how did you guys come together? You and, um, uh, your, your partners, how did that, that marriage come about? Cause, um, it just seems maybe on paper a little, uh, interesting you know former nfl player packaging mogul you a hockey you know hall of famer and you know hospitality entrepreneur how did how did you all find each other and then then uh become business partners well i have a girl that runs my charity events meaning golf uh you know when we have concerts let's say you know whoever pearl jam or someone has a concert they'll donate 100 tickets and then we'll sell them to our friends at you know, escalated prices, which they don't mind because it's all going back to, to some charity. So uh, Jim Bob actually, uh, through my uh, girl, Mary Beth Carlin, who runs my events, had invited him to uh, and his friends to our golf tournament, and we hit it off. And the next thing you know, we're you know drinking that night, and the next thing you know, we're making tequila. So that's <laughs> how things happen. So, um, yeah, that's I mean, that's basically how we met was at my charity golf tournament. I mean, there's there's just great things that happen when you're sitting around and, and enjoying a drink. I I have to imagine. <laughs> yeah, some of my best times <laughs> have been sitting around drinking tequila and greatest memories. So yeah, it's it's like I said, it's funny, but it's true. Uh, I I love it. it. Puts a smile on my face. Now, before I leave the tequila talk, not completely, but at least uh, for for a second, what. Obviously, you can't pick what your favorite. That's like picking your favorite kid or your favorite family member. But uh, what, what do you like about the Blanco and the Resposado? That just what 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 can you say about those? I guess the Blanco. I'd say you can mix with soda. Uh, you see, they're now making tons of spritzers and seltzers. So you know, lime. Um, so that that's just you know, again preference. Uh, if you want a little flavor to it. Um, Myself personally, uh, mostly time when it's blanco, it's just with a lime or lemon. And whereas the reposado, you get that flavor from the barrel. So I don't like to add anything to the reposado. That's I guess that's the biggest difference when you're drinking reposados or anejos. Um, I just like to taste the tequila and, and see what the barrels have done to it and what flavors comes out of that. And I really enjoy our reposado a lot. Well, I was going to say I've been able to try these as we're talking. And uh, they're both very smooth, um, which in a tequila, I, I, well, in any drink, I prefer that. But at tequila, like you said, you could kind of just add a little bit of uh, lime or, or lemon um, or just go sh straight and ha have a little bit of fun with either one of them. And, and there there is that nice finish to them that I, I really like. Yeah, well, that's a slogan, criminally smooth. So we're going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it fits right in with the El Bandito uh, yeah. theme. Uh, now, you know, we, we talked a lot of tequila, but as I mentioned, you're an NHL hall of famer. So I had to ask some hockey questions. Yep. Uh, what was, what was it like playing in the NHL for as long as you did? Well, I mean, 
really lucky that I lasted as long as I did. Mostly because you know I was on a great team in Detroit my last ten years. You didn't, I didn't have to uproot my family. You know, most guys, when it comes towards the end of the career, they get traded or have to sign somewhere else, and they just they don't want to move their families or kids. They don't want to. They probably end up thinking like I did when I went to Atlanta. It just wasn't worth being away from your family at that point of your career. And like I said, Detroit. You know, we we kept winning. We won a cup. Had we won another cup, uh, the year we lost to your Pittsburgh team, you know, I might have played another year, but that didn't happen. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I've played with a lot of great goalies. You know, Belfour, Hasek, Osgood, um, Curtis Joseph, a lot of Hall of Fame goalies. So that that saved me a little bit too. But again, I was surrounded by great players. Uh, I was gonna say you had some some, some really great teams, and I'm, I'm sorry that you you didn't win. You know, two there. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't have everything. The only you know the only blemish I'd say is you know growing up in Chicago and being able to play for my hometown, not winning a Stanley Cup. We lost to Pittsburgh in '91. Uh, you know, Mario Yager, Francis they had a great team. We we did too, but you know they were better. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pittsburgh has been a pain in my you know what. Uh, my whole career they stole two from me i was gonna say i don't really remember much about the that early season i remember the the, the later one yeah uh, a, a lot better yeah well again like i said it's i was just we were fortunate enough to be in the finals with them and, and it could have went either way that the one was a seventh game we lost at home pittsburgh beat us but again uh I, I see guys that play so 20 years never win a cup never get a sniff so i was lucky enough to win three I was going to say, I mean, how how cool is that to win? You know, I, I've I've known some people, talk to people that, you know, have won Super Bowls, uh, but they may not have been healthy for one or, you know, sitting on the sideline. It's still an amazing feeling. Uh, or maybe they were up for only part of the season, but, you know, they still got the rings. What, what's it like to be an integral part of, of not just one, but, but three three Stanley Cup wins? I mean, I can't pick one that was better than the other. Like, you know, a win's a win, whether it's NHL, college, you know, high school even, you know. But the scale NHL, you know, obviously being in the best league in the world, um, you know, the, the, the whole parade, the, the, you know, the fact that you get to take that cup and bring it wherever you want for a couple of days and, and share that with your friends, your family, that's, that's pretty special. No other sport has that tradition. And uh, people that see that cup, they don't even know what it is sometimes, but there's something about it that just lights, lights them up. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I had some of the best cup parties. And, uh, you know, my friends and family will never forget it. I was going to say, were, were those the coolest moments or, or those what stand out to you during your career or, you know, what, what what's kind of something that just has always stood out as uh, from, from your days on the, on the ice? I mean, just bringing that thing, that Stanley cup home and then just watching everybody enjoy it. Just, you know, I remember standing on my roof deck at my house, just watching everybody on the beach. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's something about that cup, you know, brings out the best in people and it just excites them. So if I was to, you know, think back at, you know, our, our parties and um, what I had it at my bar, I was lucky enough in Detroit that I had a bar at the time. So celebrating with the fans, um, those are special moments. And then, of course, the parades are amazing. You know, a million people at some points, uh, Montreal over a million people my second year. So you don't forget those days. That's for sure. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned you were able to play for your hometown team, Chicago. You know, Detroit had an amazing run for so many years. Montreal is a, you know, the Canadians love love their hockey. There's there's no doubt about it. What you pretty much got very fortunate in a way to play in th- some amazing hockey places. What 
what's it like playing in, in those type of places where the fans just just love it and and you know they're they're passionate yeah i mean i played for three of the six original teams in chicago detroit montreal so i was that was that in a sense uh almost went to the rangers too uh one year but um <laughs> And, and the tradition between all those cities and the history of the hockey, you know, that that makes it even even better. You know, to see Gordie Howe, Ted Lindsay, Bobby Hall, Stan Mikita, you know, Guy Lafleur, Jean Beliveau, all these guys around the rink, the, the, some of the greatest players to ever play the game. And, um, you know, especially Montreal when I first got there, I, I really didn't know what to expect. But And, and you see, you're, you're sitting there with Rocket Richard and Henry Richard. It's crazy. You know, you're, you're with these legends, and then you understand, what, you know, the tradition and the history, and that's why there was so much pressure in, in Montreal and, and these cities to win. So um, it, it made me a better player, that's for sure. And, and this is one that I always find fun to ask because you, you've now been able to, to be on kind of the business side of, of things that, while you, you played hockey for a long time. What was harder, or what what is harder, playing hockey and the NHL, or trying to run a successful, uh, you know, a hospitality business, or just any type of business? There's no question, hockey's way easier than the restaurant, bar, and <laughs> liquor business. No question, especially restaurant bar. It's a, you know, luckily my parents ran my bars um, for the most part, and you know, it, it took its its toll off me. I was able to just focus on hockey and family. Um, but yeah, hockey. <laughs> I could do that all day long. This, you know, like I said, this is a, this might be a good break for me. You know, not just being in the bar. You have to be at the bar. You know, to be successful, the owner's got to be there. You got to, you know, be with the people. And you know, and it's kind of like Rocky when he opens that restaurant in that one Rocky movie. He's talking, telling his stories, and and as corny as it sounds, that's how it was. But it was fun, and I enjoyed it. But this is a change, and I'm looking forward to you know, on the other end of it, you know. Uh, working from 11 to 3 in the afternoon as opposed to, you know, 8 to 3 in the morning. <laughs> uh, I was going to say you're going to get a little little better sleep, hopefully. Um, it, for sure. I, I guess a, a, another question for you is if, if you didn't do hockey, um, what, was there any other sports you would have ever played or, or enjoyed as much as hockey? I mean, it sounds like golf is, is a fun one for you. but um, um, Not into golf, too slow, too much time. But I did, but I did play baseball right up till I was 16, 17, and quite honestly, baseball to this day is still my favorite sport. Um, you know, I pitched and you know I rivaled with this other kid in Chicago named Donnie Paul, who eventually did make it to the pros. Uh, and uh, his claim to fame was he gave up the tying home run to Mike uh, Mark McGuire, and he's from the same hometown as me, Evergreen Park, Illinois. We became friends, you know, after years. Uh, but uh, yeah, baseball was my first love, and hockey I just, just fell into me and. You know, especially moving to San Diego when I was 16, I should have been done with hockey. But somehow, you know, I was put on this earth to play hockey, and I met some kid on a beach, and the rest was history. Oh, that, that that's that's awesome! I always love it. you. Just never know what what other sports someone's going to be great at, and I, I always find it interesting too that that may have been their first love, but for whatever reason, the other sport was what they were either the best at or, or the opportunities uh, arose. Yeah. Um, you know, for for the. For those that are, are looking to you know maybe try to get their hand into you know playing professionally at some point, what what do you say to, say to them? Because there's a, a lot of work that goes into it, and um, you know you got to have a lot, a lot of perseverance too. Yeah, I mean, there's only only so many seats at the table, I guess I'll say, and it's you know you you figure NFL, NHL, 700 guys make it, you know that's about all the players, and if you compare that to the amount of kids playing, the odds aren't great. So my advice and it you know, I give it to my kids too. 
realistically, just try and get into college, you know, on, on, on an athletic scholarship. That should really be your goal. And, you know, enjoy, you know, whatever sport you're playing. You got to enjoy it. You got to love it. It's not fun if it's not fun. So, but again, what I, you know, told my kids are fortunate enough. They all four went to, to uh, Big Ten schools, Division One schools, Northwestern and Michigan State. Got their degrees and, and enjoyed four-year careers uh, playing a sport they love. No, I, th- I think that's the the best advice. Have fun and and just enjoy it. And if, if good things happen, good things happen. And exactly. Um, you, you, no matter what, you got to work hard for for whatever it is you you want in life. Now, uh, my my last question for you is. Um, it goes back to the tequila. Obviously, you guys just kind of launched the El Bandito uh, Yankee line. You're starting to get out and about. Is that kind of what's next for y'all is just being out there doing meet and greets, doing tastings, and letting people know what, what, what uh, you guys have to offer? Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat like the ambassador role that I have with the Hawks. Um, and I just recently took a job with ESPN for next season. They picked up hockey again, which is great. Um, but my days are filled with, you know, visiting restaurateurs and, you know, people I've known for 30 years when I played here in the nineties. Uh, and the problem's not getting it in the tequila into the, into the restaurants and bars and hotels and, and, and all these venues the problems pushing it and moving it. So, you know, all you people, when it becomes available and it's in Benny's and all these, these other places, buy it, drink it, you'll love it. And, uh, let's get going here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. that you can tell you you're you've done this once or twice and, and know how, how to pitch something and i, I guess i kind of forgot too you're, you're going to be on uh espn hockey what's that like and and is that just something you can't get away from hockey and you just gotta s- stick around a little bit and, and enjoy it in a different way i mean like everybody else during covid you get bored to death and then i decided i was going to do three things instead of one things and now i'm going to be <laughs> overwhelmed with all three of them but um, you know, I've done some TV. Uh, we did the World Cup, did the Olympics uh, with ESPN, actually. Um, so, like I said, I, I've liked it. Uh, I think that it, because it's a part-time uh, job, and I'm not sure, but it looks like I'll be doing the Saturday afternoon games with Mark Messier, who I'm you know, really close friends with. Obviously, you've heard of Mess, and uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll be good together. You know, his personality, hopefully, I, you know, mine comes out a little bit on TV, um, and I think we'll have fun. And I've always thought when I you know think of sports, I've always thought ESPN is the best you know station to watch. So I'm glad I'm with them guys. Steve Levy, you know uh, Barry Melrose has been there forever, uh, and I'm, I look forward to enjoying it um, and, and and having a good time and getting back into hockey. Well, and then too, you have something you can uh, share uh, while while you're there, either after a game or, or uh, the night before, you can share a little uh, tequila with them. Yeah, I'll guarantee that only hotel in Bristol, Connecticut will be loaded with El Bandito Yankee <laughs> tequila. So, and then hopefully, you know, all the hosts, all the employees, the guests that go to ESPN, they're going to get a chance to try it, and, and they'll see. It's, it's going to be the best. Well, I, I can say this, and it's not just because we're talking. I, like I said, I was able to just sample a little bit of it as we were talking, and it's smooth. The price point's right. It's, it's worth a try, and if you can't get your hands on it, uh, go for it because, uh, like I said, I, I think you're right. Uh, this is going to be something that people really enjoy uh, once they, they get that chance. Thank you. I appreciate your help, too. We need help from the media and podcasts and everything. I'm not, I'm old and I'm not, you know, I haven't really mastered the social media thing, but I got an assistant, assistant that's going to help me do it. So we're all good. <laughs> hey, see, that goes back to that teamwork. You got a great team, yep. uh, great, great group of people there to, to do, do some amazing things. And, and Chris, I appreciate you taking time to 
talk a little tequila, a little hockey, a little business. It, it, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much, John. Take care.